No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. 38 shots for on Tuesday night, two goals for on Monday night, pardon me. Let's try that again. 38 shots for on Monday night, two goals scored. 48 shots for on Wednesday night, two goals scored. I'm no mathematician, but that tells me that our 58 shots are coming the Jets' way on Saturday night. The question is, will they score more than two goals? Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manuk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets playing the right way, as the expression goes, but ultimately not getting any results. No finish, no victory in the win column. Gentlemen, good to see you both on this Wednesday night. Thank you for filling in for me on Monday when I was under the weather. Drew, I have a bigger question. Are you a mathematician, no mathematician, or a mathemagician? Mathemagician. It's a, Simps- it's a Simpsons line. I understand. I just people want want to make sure that you clear put some clarity out there, Drew. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I deliberately called myself a mathematician because it's a Simpsons reference. Yeah, I'm I'm with Drew there. I got that one. It was fine. He's fine. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Ezzy. I appreciate it. I you know how I'm, I'm usually on Team Manuk, but every so often I have to back Drew up. Like 10% of the time, I'm there yeah. for Drew. 90% yeah. of the time, I'm there for Dave. I love it. That's enough. If for I was me, a mathematician, I'd say those are solid numbers. Yeah, exactly right. I can't go wrong with those numbers whatsoever. Uh, the numbers that the Winnipeg Jets can go wrong with, again, is the 4-2 uh, being on the losing side of the ledger. Uh, you know, two goals, four, 48 uh, on 48 shots. I mean, clearly you don't have to be, like I said, a, a mathematician to know that your shooting percentage there is under 5%. Uh, this is a Winnipeg Jets team that for the second night in a row, second game in a row, is being is getting shots on goal but not getting any results for it and ultimately i mean you know somebody would say that you play this way over an 82 game season your results are going to be ultimately be uh, you know on the positive side of the ledger and they're probably right Unfortunately, when for the Winnipeg Jets, they don't have 82 games left uh, with which to get everything to equal itself out. They're down to 17 games, and Calgary, we, as we know, won against these Minnesota Wild last night. And the Winnipeg the Jets, first one nothing game of the year, by the way. Like I can't remember. I was asking Dave, like if there has have been one nothing games, like there's been a handful of them. Yeah, not very many, but because you don't see you know, that. that. That's like early 2000s, like New Jersey Devils type of scores. Yeah, that was, it's been a long time, I think, since since uh, you saw a one nothing game. I'd agree with that. But this Jets team just continues to struggle. I mean, you know, the, it's a loss. Everything else about it, if you, if they didn't keep score in the game based on the number of pucks that go behind a goalie and, and past the goal line uh, and into the net, you'd say the Winnipeg Jets should have won this game. But unfortunately, they didn't. And it's a results-oriented business especially at this time of year where moral victories can only take you so far. They have 17 games left. They are fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot. They're one of the worst teams in the NHL uh, since January the 1st. They can't get goals when they need to get goals. And from my perspective, as I'm sitting here today, I'm looking at 
the big names, the guys who are paid the big dollars to score for this team, yet again came up short. And not only that, but Mark Shifley, not to say that it was, you know, the, the loss is on his shoulders, but when they're pressing for the tying goal, you just have to find a way to not give up that puck the way they did uh, tonight that ended up with the empty net goal by Mason Shaw. The, the process is good. The results are not, and ultimately on March the 8th, that's all that matters. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you mentioned it yet, Drew, and I'm sure we're going to touch on it, but you know, we shouldn't mention it. It was obviously mentioned on the broadcast, and most people watching the game would be aware of Wild played last night, right? Mm-hmm. So you could see it, right? Like you could see the second period was the, the Wild best period, but you could see as that period went on, right? Dave was in the building. Like you could see that they were kind of hanging on there, right? And then when Nino scored the, the 3-2 goal, um, you, you got the feeling that, okay, the Jets might tie this game up with a couple minutes left, right? They were hemmed in their zone. And then the third period, right? Like kind of the more of the same, right? And you're, you're right, Drew. If you didn't, if you weren't just looking at the, the scoreboard and you were looking at, let's say, natural statric, the mm-hmm. possession was like heavily tilted in the Jets' favor. Like, you know, we, we don't even have to go, you mentioned, what was it, 48 shots that they ended up with? Like every shots. single period was was except for maybe the second, but I still think the Jets outshot them by like five or six. Dave might know better than I would, but it doesn't matter. They were badly outshot. And yes, there were some crazy magical saves that Marc-Andre Fleury was making. It was almost like he you know, took a time capsule back to 2018 when he was doing that for the Golden Knights, right? And funny enough, Ryan Reeves is, is his teammate on the Wild now, right? Because he, of course, scored the, the winning goal in whatever that was. Game five, guys? What was it? Game, game five. five or game six when he scored that uh, tip goal? But yeah, the yeah, series, like only, Mark, the series only went five games. <laughs> so you go. So it was, it was game five. I remember yeah. it was in Winnipeg because it was very nice out on the walk home, but it wasn't, uh, you know, the was, happiest walk home. It was Victoria Day Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was very close. Or to maybe the daughter, Sunday of the Victoria, the Sunday yeah. of the Victoria Day long yeah. weekend or something. Ariella was born like a week later. Okay. Um, but yeah, like Flurry was great. So, but you, you can call it whatever you want. You could say that they're goal lead, whatever. But also, I mean, Hellebuck lets in a really weak goal. And again, you're not going to hang this on Hellebuck because Hellebuck is arguably the team's MVP this season, along with Josh Morrissey, right? Pick your point. You know, maybe that's not the right word, but pick who you want the Jets MVP to be. It's Morrissey or Hellebuck. Most people are going to say one of those two guys. So we're not going to, you know, pick on Hellebuck here. But the Ryan Hardman goal, I I just don't know how that squeaks through his pads. Like, I mean, look, every good goalie is going to let in some bad goals. But Hellebuck, his last, what, four games home, previous to this game, sorry, the three games he led in five goals, right? So he, he's really been struggling, and you, and you don't expect to see it as much at home. You don't expect it to see it necessarily on the road either. But look at, I mean, that was really the difference, right? Because if, if in a game in which, you know, you're struggling to put the puck in the net, then Logan Stanley finally gets you on the board, so it's 2-1, and then 55 seconds later, Ryan Hartman scores. So it was just so deflating. Yeah, and it, and the Jets just couldn't, you know, it, it's like even like late in the game there in the third period, Kyle Connor had that chance in the slot. I'm not sure if Flurry got a piece of it or hit the post or what because it was tough. To, it was happening so quickly, but like Vladislav Nemesnikov, uh, you know, had a couple of really good chances earlier in the game from the slot. Like Morgan Barron had that really good chance. Um, it, there, like there were there were ten or or twelve high danger chances, Dave. Like yeah. the Jets had so many opportunities to score in this game, and Flurry was great, but again, you didn't finish. So you can call it goalie or whatever you want. It just it's the continued lack of goal scoring that's hurting this team. And look, at the end of the day, Connor Hellebuck isn't uh, without criticism. I mean, I'm sorry, you can't. He's been the Jets MVP. There's no question about it. But when he doesn't play well, 
you can point out that Connor Hellebuck plays well. He's not infallible. And so I think that's, you know, a point mate worth making because it seems like, and again, you're not picking on Connor Hellebuck because as folks who have watched this program or listened to us, they know that we're, when he plays well or he plays exceptional, which is quite often, yeah. then, then we credit him for what he's doing. But when he doesn't, then we don't. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is that Connor Hellebuck probably wanted two of those goals back. You know, you could argue about one of them, but like, but the, but the reality to me is it was deflating. And as, as he just said, and we'll talk on it when we do the recap, but there's nothing worse when your team fights back and gets some life and gives the building some life and you're quote playing the right way. And then what, I mean, and what ends up being, I mean, you want to talk about insult to injury, the game winning goal ends up being a goal that should never have gone in in the first place. So, I mean, look, uh, Connor Hellebuck let in three goals on nine shots, guys. That's not a good, that's not a good number for anyone. That's not a good for number for any goaltender and any goaltender who lets on, lets in three goals on nine shots. Not ideal. I mean, look, Arvid Holm last night, I don't want to make this a Manuk Moose minute, but he let in two goals on the first three shots for the Moose. So you're thinking this ain't going to be a good result. Now he figured it out, only gave up one on the next 20 and they ended up coming back and winning that game. So it's not impossible for a goaltender to start off slowly and, or, you know, not, and we know that Connor Hellebuck's more of a volume goaltender, likes to, doesn't like to sit idly by in with the Jets. They haven't given him many instances where they control the play the way they did tonight. But you just, it, it, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, first of all, he deserves criticism because he let in goals that he shouldn't have. And the Jets deserve criticism because they didn't score enough. Yeah. And that's, and again, guys, all their big guns, the big guns with the exception of Nino Niederreiter, who now qualifies as their, one of their big guns. They've been absent. Like, sorry, guys. Kyle you know Connor, that- to me, Dave, is, is really fighting it. He hasn't scored since the Kings game. Like, he's a guy that's, like, he he's creating space for himself, and he's getting looks, and he's getting shots. But he's a guy that seems like he's gripping his stick tight, as they say. Like, he seems like a guy who he knows that they're counting on him and Shifley and Ehlers to score goals. And he looks well, like Drew, just Drew, really I just want to finish. I just want to finish my point, because quickly. I just thought I'd get that in there. Connor, to me, no, no, is one of those guys. It is. But I'm just telling you what ends up it ends up being though, boys, is that it the, the last if you look at the 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 long list of the last last little bit for this jet schedule, the game against Edmonton, maybe the game against the Kings are those mirages, and the rest of it is more uh, likely an indication where the Jets have struggled to score. You know, I mean, not that Phoenix, I don't want to rip Phoenix Copley because I think he was the fastest king to ever win 20 games. But the fact is that that the Jets haven't been able to score. So I'm not blaming Connor Hellebuck entirely. I think he owns some of this loss. So how is Phoenix Copley the fastest king to win 20 games? I don't know. Well, I mean, to your point there, Dave, I think what you're saying is that the the Jets have only really been able to succeed as of late in in beating what I'll describe as mediocre to average goaltenders. I mean, because Phoenix Copley is a mediocre to average goaltender at best. Yeah, Jack Campbell in Edmonton is a mediocre to average goaltender at best. They both had lousy games when they faced the Jets, and those are the only times the Jets have been able to score. Look, and by the way, your power play, your power play going over six the last two games is inexcusable. Well, with the talent I mean, that you have, it's inexcusable. The the look, the power play struggles. The Jets' best players, and of which I'm saying Hellebuck, Shifley, Connor, uh, Ehlers. I'll even throw Morrissey in there, but I think he's a he gets an he gets a pass for the most part. Blake Wheeler's still in that conversation. The guys that the team relies on to get goals and get important goals, timely goals. When was the last time this team got a really timely goal? It, you know, uh, you know, you would say maybe it was going to be Nate Schmidt's goal on Monday night, 
that gave them the uh, that gave them the lead. Well, then they ended up giving up that lead. So, I mean, yes, it was timely for a brief period of time. But again, a timely goal from one of the guys who are paid the most money to, to score a goal. It's been a while. And so from Connor Hellebuck's perspective, yeah, that's a terrible goal to give up in tonight's game. And yeah, it turns out to be the game-winning goal. And yeah, it's definitely a deflating goal to give up, given that the Jets had just scored to cut the lead in half. No argument there. But if you're Connor Hellebuck, you have to be thinking to yourself, night in and night out, I can't give up more than two goals because my team can't score for the most part, by and large. Exceptions, of course. It's got to be very difficult to play under that cloud night in and night out. I'm willing to give him a pass because more often than not, he's there for the team. It's Shifley. When has Shifley taken over a, a, a game or a shift during the, since January 1st? Because, I mean, let's be honest. It's been since January 1st now. It's over two months. When has Shifley taken over a game? When has Connor taken over a game? Ehlers, I'm convinced, is still injured, so you can understand way, maybe why he hasn't been able to take over a game. Blake Wheeler... Or, just, or more so that he's feeling the effects yeah. of the surgery. Right. He's not at full yeah. strength. Blake Wheeler can't take over games anymore. He's too... It's not in his skill set anymore. So, you know, you have a Jets team that is just climbing uphill without a net every yeah. time they're trying to score a goal and it's their biggest names that aren't pulling their weight in my estimation and you saw that tonight especially with the struggles of the power play i mean it's just horrendous that late you know there's been a number of games now where the jets have had late power plays and they not only do they not even get close to scoring they can't even get set up it kills I mean, momentum play, it actually it does the awful. opposite right like yeah. sometimes when you don't score in a power play it gives you momentum still if you generate a lot of scoring chances, right, boys? And I think, you know, Drew may – I agree with you, by the way, Drew, and you made, I think, a good point when you mentioned, you know, Niederreiter. Like, it's not a coincidence that he's one of the newest Jets, along with Nemestikov, and they are the most noticeable yeah. and the most impactful, right? Because you have a lot of guys that are in slumps, and, you know, we don't have to beat the dead horse because, you know, it's something we've talked about, I think, on the last two, if not three shows, like what's going on with Ehlers, and I still don't buy the ice time, you know – I realize that's kind of the narrative that the Jets and I guess the media have had to adopt, but like this kind of idea that Ehlers isn't playing as much because of, you know, the fact that he had sports hernia surgery, like he's been back in the lineup for what, two and a half months now. Yeah. But so I, don't like, think I, I, I don't think he's back at full strength. I, mean, well, I don't know. I, he, he, he did have like a point. He was a point a game player for the first 16 games. That's true. I suppose. Well, but, but I mean, that, well, that's kind of my point though, not just the production, but this kind of like it, I guess what I'm saying is it kind of sounds like an excuse to me, right? Like, and if he's not getting the power play time, okay, then his ice time's not going to be there. But we're talking about five on five. But regardless, there's a lot of guys on this team that need to start scoring. Like, it's just simple as that. So, yes, like, great. You put a lot of rubber on Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, if you followed Marc-Andre Fleury's throughout his whole career with the Wild, the Golden Knights, and the Penguins, he loves a lot of rubber, right? Like against Chicago, has he? Well, oh yeah, he had a great tenure with Chicago there. <laughs> what a joke. But um, no, I mean, this guy loves to face 35-plus shots, 40-plus shots, right? So, I mean, yeah. Fleury did that in 2018, and he won cups with Pittsburgh. Like, Fleury's a great goaltender, so you can't, like, what are the wild going to make an excuse for the fact that, you know, Flurry's having a great stretch here. Like there are guys that they need to find a way to score and they need to find a way to get points here. And this season is quickly slipping away. Like three or four yeah. weeks ago, we would have said 
there's no way the Jets are going to miss the playoffs. And don't get me wrong. I still think the Jets will hang on to a playoff spot. I mean, let's not get into that. But I do think the Flames, it's not exactly like the Flames are a, a scary team. They've just put together a couple wins in a row. And I mean, now the they're, what, four it. or five points back, right? <laughs> well, so all well, I'm saying yeah, is I still think the Jets will make the playoffs. But yeah. I don't think you would have said that back in December or January that the Jets would just limp in. You thought they'd be first or second in the Central. So right now, they've they've got to figure this out because their top guys just aren't producing. And uh, it's 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 not like they're not getting chances. They're not finishing. So it's really tough to watch. And I can imagine, you know, the 15,000 or so Jets fans that were watching this game and all the, you know, tens of thousands that were watching it on TV are frustrated because you look at the shot total and you're like, why can't these guys score more goals? They should have probably had five or six goals on Flurry tonight. Well, the, the high danger chances. So if you, I mean, if you want to look at that, the high danger chances for the Jets were twenty-two to nine in their favor. Twenty-two high danger chances is a significant number. That's not a low yeah. number. You know, expected goals for the Jets three point eight one. So look, we know the numbers were in their favor, and if the Jets could take this game and, and replicate it, yeah. they would gladly do that. This was how mm. you want to look. Everything about their game w- was good, except for the fact that they can't score. And there's been plenty of teams in the NHL, unfortunately for the Jets, that ultimately can't score. And if you can't score, everything else doesn't matter. You're just not going to be successful. So you have to find a way. And this is something, by the way, Drew, sorry, that I don't think anybody expected, right? Like you've got Kyle, you've got Kyle Connor, you've got Mark Scheifele, who's, you know, well on his way to a 40 plus goal season, right? Like Pierre-Luc Dubois, when he's in the lineup, even though, Bailey well, is Bailey's putting that up there. The that, that, right that's there. that's big news. So thank you to Bailey for well, bringing maybe that up. Read it, read it out read as it. remember. Exactly. Let me read it for the podcast, uh, uh, folks. This courtesy of Bailey Weeb, uh, the official Legal Curve intern. Uh, breaking news, Pierre-Luc Dubois is dealing with another upper body injury that he suffered against the San Jose Sharks on Monday. He will not travel with the Winnipeg Jets as they embark on this upcoming Four is it? A, it's a four gamer or three gamer? Yeah, it's four, four game. It's, it's a four, four game road trip. It's not that big a deal. They're just playing Florida, Tampa, Carolina, and Boston. That's right. It's but no, the Are Boston game's back at home, isn't it? Uh, yeah, they already played in Boston. Boston game, I think, is at oh, home. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, you're it right. You're it's right. a three, three gamer. Three gamer. Three it's gamer. a three yeah. gamer, and then they go. They come well, home. Fine, for that but one. the next four games are are against yes, very big tough Eastern Conference teams. Yeah, they just come home for that one game against Boston, then they fly right back out. Uh, to Nashville for that weird Saturday afternoon one o'clock start uh, against the right. Predators uh, a week from this. By the way, Saturday. I'm pretty sure Nino Niederreiter is like, why? Maybe trade me back to Nashville because I want to be on a team that could be on in the playoffs. In the playoffs, yeah. Well, I mean, look, that game's going to have playoff significance. The way the uh, the way the Predators are are are, are staying in it. I mean, I'm not that still- surprised by the way, Drew, that 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 news came out because if you ask Dave, when we were watching the third period here, mm-hmm. um, I said like Dubois, he didn't have a good game against the Sharks he played 20 minutes I just checked his ice time but he like you could see that that the injury it was like the definition of a nagging injury right you just like anybody watched that game well, would, like he was not a noticeable player out there he just he also he was almost like 50 percent of his usual self he also had that weird kind of collision in the neutral zone as he where he kind of you, you could see it happen and but it wasn't really on camera the puck wasn't there so he he got the hit and then you could see it kind of like jarred him a little bit and then he went back to the bench and he stayed out and he came out for his next shift yeah. but you weren't certain and he get you know just to quickly go back to this game and talking about the the history and the way this jet team is kind of limping into the playoffs a la 2018-19 if what they make it in, that far if they make but i'm saying if they make the playoffs what is right. happening similar to 18-19 
Well, the Jets got swept in their season series against the Minnesota Wild. That instance, it was five games where they didn't win once against the Minnesota Wild. This year now, I believe that was their fourth loss against third or fourth loss, third loss, third, third loss. They're playing, they're yeah. playing the Wild one more time. So right. if they don't, if they don't win the against the Wild, I think it's sometime in April. They'll uh, they'll have very similar uh, feelings, which we've been we've been referencing eighteen nineteen quite a bit as he the last you know month or two. So. Uh, another thing well, to think this about. This team definitely doesn't out. have 17, 18 vibes. I'll tell you that. Definitely much. not. Right, right side of the defense is not uh, not the same. For the record, that's when they went seven and two. I think against Minnesota. Yeah, there was a tie. Look, what you like about Minnesota is they certainly they know their identity and they play to it very well. So I mean, Dean Evason does. I don't think gets enough credit uh, for the job he's, he's doing. Yeah. yeah, for the job he's doing behind the bench in, in Minnesota. Look, nice to see wild. his mom there, by the way. Okay. Yeah. The, the wild are, you know, they're not flashy. I mean, and now of course, if they're without uh Kirill, the thrill after he left, after that Logan Stanley hit, they won't get out of the first round without Kaprizov. No, they don't have enough uh, firepower. I would agree with that. That's the same thing as the jets not having Shifley or Connor in a playoff series, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's that impactful. Yeah, exactly. He's their best. He's their most skilled, best offensive player uh, by a country mile, I would suggest. In yeah. any event, I mean, look, the, the the Wild are a good hockey team. The Jets needed to find a way to win this game. And they needed to find a way to win on, on Monday. So, yeah, you know, on Monday, you know, you don't like giving up the, the goal late, but you got to find a way to win it in overtime. And, I, you know, you, you just you can't take what you did on Saturday and they get the good vibes from the win on Saturday and they have two winnable games Monday, Wednesday, one against the San Jose Sharks team that is playing out the string. And then the Wednesday game against the Minnesota wild as in tonight's game against the team on the second half of a back to back. And you somehow only get one of one point out of those two games. That's just not good enough. No, it's just not good enough. You have to Especially find when you have the schedule that you have coming up. And, well, and sure. now, Drew, without yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this quite a bit on, on Saturday morning show, mm-hmm. in addition to previewing the, the game against the Panthers and the, and the Lightning. But yeah. like Nemestikov, look at Nemestikov, I, I thought, like I told Dave, like he's not who you want to have as your second line center, ideally. Right. He's a guy that can fill in. And he had scoring chances tonight, right? Yeah. So Nemestikov is, is like, it's fine, but like, to not have Dubois for this stretch coming up mm-hmm. is 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 a huge, um, it's a, it's a difficult pill to swallow for the Jets because well, you know it's, it's Winnipeg Sports Talk adversity. they were talking about it today like happy second anniversary to Winnipeg Sports Talk by the way but Huss and Remus were calling this the biggest game of the year and and you lost and you didn't get a single point in a game in which you badly outshot the opposition right so. If that if tonight's game was the biggest game of the year, then basically every single game after this is the biggest game of the year because right now they're fighting for the playoff lives. By my count, by the way, Ezzy, sorry to interrupt Drew, but my by my count, this is the third or fourth most important game of the year that the Jets have already had. So Ezzy's 100 percent right. right. Every the Colorado game, game to me was also one of the biggest games of the year because you had you know Colorado hard charging at you, right? So like, but Rick Bonus basically one. said that as he didn't maybe use those yeah, exact words, it. but he. But he essentially said those 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 words, right? That if it's, there's a huge importance of the uh, on the game, and you know it was funny because Brendan Dillon has pregame comments to um, Sarah uh, Orleski, of course, on the on the Jets pregame show, made a comment, not show, but just in their pregame comment, uh, said something along the lines of, "Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have put the the level of pressure that we did on ourselves in that Colorado game." you know, in terms of the importance and stuff like that. And and look, Colorado went out after, you know, hitting a little slide themselves and they pumped those same San Jose Sharks at the, that had beaten yeah. the Jets. I think they beat them six, nothing. So um, look, all the teams around the Jets are winning, you know, Calgary's winning mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, the Wilder winning, the Colorado Avalanche are winning the Dallas stars winning. So the only team that's not winning 
right yeah. now are those Winnipeg Jets. There's no, they're easy not putting to, the win. Easy there, Charlie. They're not putting the win in Winnipeg right now. So uh, it's it's leaving a lot. To, again, to quote former Jets coach Claude Noel, the joy has left Joyville. Well, there's no joy. It certainly isn't in the Jets. Joyland. The Jets will head out east, of course, uh, to face the Panthers and the Lightning Saturday, Sunday, uh, and then Carolina home and then back home to Boston uh, as they try and right the ship. Uh, as the struggles continue for the hometown team. Let's get into the Betway game recap. It, of course, is brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Uh, the Jets dominate the first period. 15 to 5 are the shots on goal. They dominate it in the advanced stats. They dominate it in any stat that you want to look at, except for the one that counts the most. That, of course, is the scoreboard. Marcus Felino loves playing against the Winnipeg Jets. He gets his sixth of the year, assist to Sunquist and Middleton. It comes at the 14 14 mark of the first period. Uh, it, it looks like it should be fairly innocuous, but the Jets just Good word, Drew. Thank Great you. Word. The Jets have just yep. way too much, uh, give up too much time and space and let Felino uh, come in and step into a great saucer pass from Sunfist, wiring it past Connor Hellebuck. Uh, of the three goals, the wild, uh, forget about the empty netter, of the three goals that Connor Hellebuck gives up, I think this is the one you're the most okay with. It's a great shot by Felino. I don't love. Uh, the the on ice communication here between Pionk, uh, Morrissey, and Saku Manalainen. I'm really not sure what Manalainen's doing on this play. Sort of, if he stays where he was, in my estimation, he's in a better position than he sort of goes and he chases uh, Sunkvist. But yeah. Pionk is there and seemed to be in a good position to to handle Sunkvist, and instead it leaves a big space for for Felino to step into a shot. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And and Sunkvist was a good acquisition, right? Like from, I don't remember what they gave up to get him from the Blues, but, you know, we were talking about the Blues and the Jets back in 2019, right? When the, that we all remember what happened in that first round series, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's a useful player. I was telling Dave, the one guy that I, I you know, I'm not a wild uh, enthusiast or a wild fan, but I just like Jordan Greenway. So I thought that that trade, I know that apparently they didn't like the contract or they weren't going to sign him or I forget if he was a, anyways, doesn't matter. But regardless, Sunquist, I thought was a pretty smart act. He's one of those guys that is just good to have on the third or fourth line for the playoffs, guy. right? Just yeah, so you're right. Guy. It was it, like, we always hear the coaches talking about the gap. Our gaps were good, everything yeah. like that. The cliche, right? And that's kind of what you're talking about, Drew. There's just too much time and space here. Marco, Marcus Felino has so much room there and it's, and it's an even man situation. It's not like yeah. it's a three on two or anything like that. The Jets have the numbers back. They're 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 fine. Morrissey was a little bit out of position as well, right? So yeah, it's a it's a nice little pass by Sunquist. And I agree. Like I I saw on Twitter, you know, some people were saying, you know, that Hellebuck should have that. Like to me, that's a nice shot. People forget yeah. Marcus Felino can score goals. He's not just a third line grinder. Like this is a guy. I actually think he would be perfect for the Jets, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, it's a nice shot by Felino, but just a little, little bit too much time in the defensive zone, and maybe just not great communication between. The, the two defensemen and man line in there. Yeah, I just, exactly. I don't like that. I mean, it seems like to me, again, looking at the replay and I looked at it a few times, if man is just sort of staying in the area where he had been, 
then Felino doesn't have the opportunity to step in there. Now, I don't know what the on-ice communication was between mm-hmm. Pionk and Manalainen and Morrissey, but it just seemed uh you know it, it just seemed like it was off a little bit which led to the the opportunity and and like i said a great shot by felino these guys know how to score goals and that was just a goal scorers goal beating connor hellbuck with that felino have a 20 goal season in, in his career i feel like he scored 20 one year but he's a good good hockey player uh, yeah, he's a good hockey player. I mean, I mean, if he played against the Jets every game, he'd probably have forty goals in a, in a season. But, I like how uh, someone someone said, "Oh, this is his numbers against the Jets," and they literally use Connor McDavid's uh, stats. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. He exactly. had twenty three goals last year. Yeah, he's a good. He's, he's a decent hockey. So twenty three goals, and, and he's on your third line. I, I don't know if that's the second. I'm pretty sure that is the third line, right? So, I mean, Felino is a really good player. I just think you know he's he's a guy who drops the gloves, right? So people have this kind of. It's like, yeah, Bob Probert. People forget Bob Probert. I think he scored 31 year for the Red Wings, didn't he, Dave? He like, did. That's the thing. You know, Probert, he was a good hockey player. He wasn't just a goon. Well, and you know, boys, one of the things that I'm trying to pull it up right now, as as he was talking, but like one of the things that Rick Bonus talked about in the morning availability, and I'm going to pull up the quote right now. He said, "The start and getting that early lead is going to be very important for us." Says, if you want Minnesota to change their game, key is to get a lead, and they'll open up their game a little bit. Yeah, well, so they... <laughs> I, no, no, now well, I no. What I'm going to say is this: there's no doubt the, the Jets outshot him ten to one at one point. I think yeah. like eight minutes into the into the first period, the Jets had all the momentum. They weren't getting the. the I'm not suggesting that they were all high danger chances, but the Jets had some good shots. They had some good chances, and they were controlling the puck. The puck was in the Minnesota end for the majority of that of that first period, at least for the first half of the first period. So if you're a Jets fan, you mm-hmm. like to see the team's reaction. You like to see the way the team came out to start that hockey game because we've too many times we've said about this Jets team, they don't come out, they don't start on time. Too many mm-hmm. times we've said that where the Jets find themselves down one nothing, 2 nothing, and you're like, well, it's like two minutes into the game. What's going on here? And then you're playing catch-up. So again, you're going to give them credit for that, but the problem for them is that they didn't get the lead. And then they did have to try and break through. And Minnesota with the 1-3-1 doesn't make it easy on you to get through because they're tough. They they really do box out. And they don't give up a lot of quality in front of Mark andre Fleury. You've got to give him credit for the way he played. But you also give got to give his defense credit, you know, for, for holding the way they did. Again, again, I remember they did play a 65-minute hockey game last night in Minnesota. So I like that Jacob know, Middleton, by the way, Dave. He's a good defenseman. He's very old school with that big mustache, Ezzy. Like that's a very old school, uh, like '80s uh, stash there. But uh, it's noticeable from up in the press box. You can see him from a mile away. But like you know, so you're, if you're a Jets fan, you're happy because you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, they've controlled." Like, like sure, Minnesota's tight, tight, you know, because they played last night. But the Jets have been all over them because they, they're desperate. The Jets are playing desperate. The Jets are controlling the play. They're not playing out of their structure. And then all of a sudden, one breakdown, and now the third shot against you ends up so even if you don't like this the way the jets played that the fact of the matter is there's nothing more soul crushing for this jets team to be controlling the play playing the right way and now suddenly you find yourself down one nothing even though you've outshot them 12 to 3 especially the team that's fragile like the jets are a team that's not playing with any confidence well i think that's what that's... i think that's what rick bonus drew is saying without saying it right like we don't yeah. want to give up a goal because then you know blah 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 well, I mean, I can say it. They're definitely fragile. They don't have a lot of confidence because when it, when the game is a struggle, why would you have a lot of confidence? I mean, they've been struggling for you know two months, you know, maybe longer. So half the reason. season, half the season. I put it out there on Twitter, right? Yeah. Like first thirty-two, twenty-one, ten and one. Last thirty-two, they've been five hundred, right? So yeah. well, that's almost half the season. 
Uh, Wild make it two nothing. Seven oh six into the second period. Uh, Frederick Goudreau getting his twelfth of the season. Assist to Marcus Foligno, another two point game for him. And Sungfist, a two point game for him. This one is just a bit of a Keystone Cops esque move. You know, Pionk. Uh, there's a turnover at the Jets blue line. Pionk loses his stick. He can't, you know, intercept the pass that seemed like would have been a routine sort of play. And then Goudreau is all alone left behind, and he sort of is able to deke out Connor Hellebuck. And Hellebuck doesn't look great uh, in this one. He looks a little bit like a fish out of water, yeah, flopping around, yeah. just no, not a lot of poise to... And it uh, just squeaked between him, right? Like, he got a yeah. piece of it, and then it, you originally thought he made the save. Like, watching it live, uh, I, I thought the whistle was going to be blown, and then it went in, right? So it was just... Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't know if I can cut in here and just just go, Drew, but like it's oh, a bad it's a bad turnover by El Nino, right? And he redeems himself and he scores yeah. the Jets' second goal. But you know, it's just it's Sunquist, you know, steals the puck or whatever you want to call it. It's a turnover. Yeah, and yeah, Pionk drops his stick, and so it's a nice play to um, it's a nice play to Felino and uh, by Felino, and you know, it's just. He Gaudreau's all alone, and yeah, like you know, Hellebuck, no problem. You know, he could do it, but yeah, it it was like he he was kind of deked out a little bit, and then he just lost his positioning, right? Yeah. And like we said, like he got a piece of it, but then it squeaked through. So it's a bad turnover, and we've been talking about that, you know, so many times over the last three or four weeks that the Jets, you know, it seems like that's the thing too that I wanted to mention. And Dave and I, you know, if you watch the post game show, we give Drew a hard time about attention to detail and everything like that, but like. Really, the Jets' margin for error right now is so slim. Like, mm-hmm. and it has been, like Drew said, it has been since late December, early January. And it seems like every time they make a mistake like that, it's in the back of their net. But they have to work 10 times harder than the other team to score a goal, right? So, uh, like, to me, yeah, like Hellebuck, that's, you know, you got to make a save there. But also, you know, Freddie Gaudreau is, he has all, like, like I like to say, he, has, he had time to make a sandwich. He had so much time in front of the net to make all these moves. Yeah. And the puck squeaks through Hellebuck. So it's, like you said, Keystone cops, Niederreiter turns the puck over, Pionk loses his stick, and again, you know, it's a nice pass by Felino, but again, you're down 2 nothing when you probably should be up 2 or 3 nothing. Well, the way you've the way you've controlled the play, I mean, you know, the shots, you know, the shots were one sided at that point in time. The scoring chances were one sided, but somehow you're down two nothing. You know, and for the Winnipeg Jets, they do get an all important goal to get back into the game to cut the lead in half. Logan Stanley. Who else? Uh, who else? Exactly. Not the name you expected me to say here. He's back in the lineup. Again, I mean, it was a bit of a, I found it to be a curious decision, this sort of rotation that seems to be going on between Sandberg and Stanley. But they're, Stanley they're clearly gets, showcasing him, Drew. Yeah, for the trade for deadline next year. Deadline, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, Stanley, you know, get back, gets back in the lineup for tonight's game. I thought he had a pretty decent game, so I'll give him credit there. And he gets his first goal of the season, uh, and he's not at a spot where you'd expect him to be, whipping around the back of the net and pouncing on a, a loose puck. Uh, the Mesnikov getting the primary assist, Ehlers getting the secondary assist. You know, this is just a, a good act of goal. You know that the Jets defense wants to be active. And you saw Nate Schmidt score from sort of the slot area on Monday. And this is Logan Stanley scoring from the side of the net. So, you know, the defense is active when the when the defensemen are scoring from that low down in the uh, in the offensive zone, Dave. Yeah, and I jokingly said that on tw- on Twitter. I said, well, this is going to break Twitter now that Logan Stanley got the goal. And uh, yeah. it was, again, Drew, like you said, it's his first goal of the season. You could see he was excited. Yeah. He had to talk about the whole trade request uh, thing today in his pregame media media availability. He said, I jokingly said to Mike McIntyre, the free press, he said, Logan Stanley should have come out in an I Love Winnipeg t-shirt 
Uh, Winnipeg he, is good. Yeah, Winnipeg is good. So then he would have been traded for sure an hour later. Yeah, but anyways, so lucky. I mean, he answered the questions and he said what he needed to say, and now that conversation is done for the rest of the year. And yeah. and he'll just do what he wants to do, which is play hockey and and get in the opportunities when he gets in the in the lineup. And you're right, Logan Stanley, Logan um, Dylan Sandberg didn't deserve to come out of the lineup. Probably Kyle Capobianco didn't deserve to come out of the lineup. I, I would suspect. I would suggest yeah, that was that was illness related for sure. Maybe. Well, I mean, he said no, he was I, sick. I, I know, I know. I'm just yeah. kidding. But I'm jo- I'm joking. But there's been like some conspiracy theories. Like people are like, was he really sick? Okay. Uh, when the coach says the guy's sick, let me just let me just stop you right there. Twitter no, but anyways, I don't really. I do. I don't really. You don't need. I know. To qual- I know. You don't need to qualify it. it. It's fine. Let me just say it. When the coach says a player's sick, that means sick. they're sick. It's not some sort of yeah. grand conspiracy theory that everyone's involved in. <laughs> Rick no, but apparently, Drew Nancy Kerrigan's old trainer was seen uh, around Canada Life uh, Center. So apparently. Um, something might have happened. Like I did make that joke recently, why? but anyways, the, the point. The you point remember is, remember her if, when she said, "Why?" Yeah. <laughs> yes, but that was Tanya Harding's trainer yeah, Tan- would have been the one. Yeah, who would oh, do right. it? Sorry, 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 sorry. She Tanya was Harding. a victim, as he. Yeah, I tried so watching that biopic yeah. that was done. Um, I don't. I forget what it was called about Tanya Harding. I, I couldn't get through it like past like five minutes. It was so bad. So, well, if anybody was considering watching the Tanya Harding Nancy Kerrigan biopic, I yeah, Ezzy and Ebert give it two thumbs down. Anyways, I mean, look, and and if and again, if you're going to be sitting a defenseman, I suspect number four is the one who should be coming out of the lineup, and not uh, not any of the other guys at this point uh, over him. So, um, my own personal opinion. But I mean, yeah, look, I don't like the way he played the that second goal. I mean, it's deflating. Right? Oh, sorry, I went back to the second goal because I was so angry. But we'll go back to that third goal because the Jets, it, it it you know, look, Logan Stanley needed that goal. And the fan base needed that goal because for that point, I mean, you're sitting there going, okay, it's two, nothing. What are the chances the jets are coming back? They can't score a goal right now. Huh? Can't score on the power play. Can't score yeah. five on five. So what are the odds that they're going to come against a Minnesota team? I think Mark Andre Fleury set a record for the rec for the record that he had set a record record. Um, because I honestly think like he, I, I don't know what the shutout streak hold was. On, hold on he, a second. T Kona Pauly actually watched that movie last night. I don't believe him. Anyways, continue Dave. Um, well, I don't, what movie did you talk about? I lost my the Tanya uh, Harding, documentary. The Tanya Harding. Oh, Nancy, well, I'm Nancy sorry. And then we got Gordy Angus in the chat here saying that it was a good movie. Somebody remembered that his name was Jeff Galuli, by the way. That's unbelievable. That someone. That, remembered oh, that his was name. your boyfriend slash. He's that fat guy that wore the tracksuit with the mustache. Oh. <laughs> kind of looks a little bit like me, by the way. For Halloween once. Yeah, wasn't that you? As come on. Yeah. Anyways, the the point is that you know the Jets, the fan base went erupted. I mean, folks were pumped up. I mean, you know, understandably so. You know, because of I think partly because they needed that goal, and partly because it was Logan Stanley scoring the goal. I think there was a lot of excitement, and and again, you could just feel it in the building. Like like you guys said, I was there. I'm watching this game, and I'm like, okay, the fans are are pumped up. They're they're ready to go. And well, Drew, take it away. Well, unfortunately, 55 seconds later, the uh, any air that was in the balloon got quickly deflated. This is the game-winning goal. It's just an awful, awful goal. Ryan Hartman, his 10th of the season. Ryan Hartman's also a guy who likes playing against the Winnipeg Jets. Didn't he he does. Five-point night against the Jets when he got acquired uh, by the Predators. The Predators. When, yeah. right at the is he related deadline. to former Jet 1.0 Mike Hartman? I don't believe so. Okay. But uh, he had a five-point night when he right after he was uh, acquired by the Predators back in that was seventeen eighteen. I think it was a six-five Predators win. Wow! Uh, right after the trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a few years back. Somebody you have obviously not killed as many brain cells as I have, Drew, because there's no <laughs> way I would have remembered that from six years ago. I, but yeah, I do got, remember that game though. 
Somebody fact check me on that one. And also, I, and right. also I, might, I might add, wasn't that right around the same time the Jets got Stastny? Yes, it was right after. It was the first game after the yeah. trade deadline. Might have even been the night of the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, Jets got Stastny and the Predators got uh, Ryan Hartman. Yeah. Hartman came over from Chicago, right? Yeah. Isn't that where he was with Chicago? Remember yeah. Scotty Hartnell had a good game there too. Yeah, that sounds right. Towards he good... the end of his career, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Hartman, his 10th of the season, assist to Kaprizov and Middleton again. Middleton having two assists in tonight's game. Uh, look, and this is just a goal that cannot go in. And Connor Hellbuck would be the first to tell you yeah. that it cannot go in. Uh, it's a bad one to give up. It's a, it's, you know, he looked like a goalie who maybe was fighting the puck a little bit tonight. He didn't, I mean, he didn't have to make very many big saves. I mean, I'm trying to think about any sort of grade A. He made a nice save early in the third period. Uh, on an in tight chance, I think it was a backhand, short side in tight chance. Uh, but he didn't have to make a number of a, a big number of saves because the Jets controlled the majority of the play. This one can't go in, and it does. And then he gets the Bronx cheer uh, on the next save he makes after this one. Uh, so things were getting uh, a little bit ugly in downtown Winnipeg. I gotta say again, I don't like it. I don't. I, I think that's BS that he's getting that cheer at that point in the game. I'm sorry, Hellebuck is your MVP. Like again. I'm not – I'm with the fans for the most part. Like, obviously, if fans do something stupid, I'm not with that. Right. But maybe it's just me. Maybe we'll get the chat in there. But, like, you're giving it, you're giving it to Connor Hellebuck? Like, I think where would, the, where would the Jets be without Hellebuck this year? Here's the only thing, guys. I would say that if you're paying money to watch that hockey game and you're seeing what's happening, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Oh, That's of course my, they're allowed I, to do what no, they want. No, I'm think just saying. the difference is, sorry, Dave. No, no, I'm not saying you're, no, because the reality is, like, look, they're, they're, like, he let in three goals on nine shots. When Connor right. Hellebuck doesn't play well, you can give it to him a little bit. It, honestly, like, I'm sorry, this guy, guys, you can't, like, what is he, so sensitive that he can't take any criticism? Like, in no. what world do we live in, like, where a guy cannot, like, you are wanting to be a Vesna goaltender, right? Everybody's was, was anointing him, the Vesna winner. Well, okay, you're in the NHL. You are open to be criticized. We criticize every player on this roster. And, I mean, we can criticize Connor Hellebuck. I'm sorry, we we can. The, see, criticism, does. to me, fair criticism is one thing, Dave. I guess the thing that bothers me, and you know me, like, I, I'm only – things that bother me are, like, few and far between. Like, yeah, the puck yeah. over the glass penalty. Like, there's – I'm all, all – I, I agree with you. You pay 100 bucks, 200 bucks to watch a game. But I, the thing to me is the Bronx year is mocking – like that—that's disrespectful. It's it's mocking a guy who just let in a bad goal. And to me, you got to support Hellebuck when you know he makes one bad save. Like mm. he is—he is one of Vesna Trophy. He's been a Vesna finalist. He's probably going to be a Vesna finalist. I just—I don't like it. But we don't Look, have to spend that much time on it. I, I, I think again, this. I think this is right. Chuck Winnipeg said fans are really frustrated. They are, and I mean the fans, you know, and the way the fans are going to express that frustration is. Through a Bronx cheer when the goalie is struggling. And for the record, it wasn't just a Connor Hellebuck. I mean, guys, I don't know if they play it during Should the it be a during Bronx the... Park cheer, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> in Winnipeg, it could be, yes, that would be fine. But on, I mean, on Henderson I... Highway, th- shout out Elmwood. The yes. point is, Drew, what I was gonna say though, is that it wasn't like it was only Connor Hellebuck that was getting the ire of the fans. I mean, when the power play stunk right. and it stunk tonight, when the power play wasn't good. The fans booed the power play. So, I mean, well, like, they, which, like everybody is open. And to I'm fine with that. I just, I guess, I don't know. It's just something about it. I'm just being honest with you guys. Yeah, okay? I understand. I just, I just, I don't, I don't it's Hellebuck and he's your MVP. He's played more games than anybody else in the league this year. And as Dave has mentioned many times, basically since he entered the league, I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a bad goal. Be unhappy with it. But the Bronx cheer just to me is like, 
you you reserve that for like really I understand. I, but I again I specific don't specific situations like, where they like deserve I said, to I, be booed. I, I think they're just like they're just like giving it I I again my like it's like what I said the last time this happened. I think it's also I think it's a lot of it is directed at this team in to, in total. Like I don't think right. it's just a Connor Hellebuck there. I think the fans are just yeah, I think it's point. just I think it's an opportunity because there's a whistle, the play stops. The fans right. have an opportunity to express their displeasure, and I think that's what they're doing. I really people say, "Oh, it's not a." It, I don't think it's entirely at thirty-seven. I don't think thirty-seven is above criticism. Is what I would say, but I think that a lot of this is. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't want a Patrick Waugh, Mario Trombley situation. No, I don't think you're going to get that. I think he's that, only got one year left on his contract after this year. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be in Detroit anyway, so it doesn't matter. The point is, timestamp this one for that. Dave's yeah, joking, right? by the way. I'm but, not sure. <laughs> uh, but anyways, the point I was going to say is that I just think that the fans are fed up. And, and again, people are paying very good money to go to these games. And sure, the Jets have controlled play the last couple of games, but the big dogs who are supposed to be scoring goals and putting this team on their back aren't doing it. And as a result, the fans are pissed, and I don't blame them. Jets make it 3-2. It comes at the 17-15 mark. It was a very busy second period. Clearly, Nino Niederreiter getting his 20th of the season. Assist to Nate Schmidt and Kyle Connor. Uh, you have to like a lot about Niederreiter's effort here. He's somehow he's going hard to the net, which is what the MO on him has been uh, since the Jets acquired him. He goes hard to the net. He sort of really makes a nice catch and then almost catches it and then drops it at his at his feet. Catch and, and release, just like Dave does on the uh, Lake yeah. Winnipeg waters. It's really what it looked like, uh, you know, the, the, the NHL version of, of doing that with a puck. And he drops it at his feet and then he bangs it past Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, nothing flashy about it. Nicely executed in that he's able to sort of make that that the move in in one swift motion and an all important goal for the Jets to cut it from three one back to three uh, two late in the second period. Uh, I should have said, and I apologize for missing out on this, that the Logan Stanley goal because it's his first of the season. That is our Seagram shot of the game uh, for tonight. Although it certainly isn't much of a shot, but it's a nice play goal. The player in the right place at the right time uh, so the logan stanley goal is the seagram shot of the game seagram's vo masterfully blended distinctly canadian available wherever any of your finest liquor products are sold uh, so i should have mentioned that and it's three two after 40 minutes and the jets are going to have to hold on you're not throwing to dave right here to talk more about that goal go ahead you can talk about it sorry oh, no, i mean you 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 kind of you know stole my thunder a little bit there no i'm joking but no i mean it's first off nate schmidt is streaking he's on a two-game point streak so you got to love that mm-hmm. um but like Nino Niederreiter, that's the exactly you're right. It was a it was a skilled just to get control of that puck. Yeah, because Schmidt's just he's kind of turning and he's putting the puck on net, which is good. Yeah. That's what the Jets need to be doing right now, and they did a lot of that tonight. But yeah, like Niederreiter is a big boy. He he has that long reach, and he just does you know uses the reach and and puts it past Flurry. So you know he's had an impact right away, and it's unfortunate that the Jets aren't getting goals from the usual cast of characters like Shifley and Connor and Ehlers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought just, you know, a really nice individual effort by Niederreiter and he was noticeable again, all game long, right. For doing those things, going to the net shooting, um, you know, him and Ehlers, you know, I, I, I saw on, on Twitter, several people were, were pointing this out, but I, I agree like that line, like, I, you know, there, I would be shocked if they go back to that line, put it that way. Look, the... I'm talking about the Nemestikov line. Like I realized Dubois out of the lineup. Right. But uh, yeah, I just don't don't like what's happening there. I think it should be Shifley, Ehlers, and the mess, uh, Shifley, Ehlers, and Niederreiter. 
Well, something's got to give for this team that can't score goals. Another game with only two of them. Uh, the Jets had opportunities in the third period. We mentioned the power play, the Kyle Connor one, where he was all alone in the slot. They pull the goalie. They get the, they have the puck deep in the, in the wild zone. Uh, look, Mark Shifley has to find a way to not give up this puck. He just can't. Be, he has to be harder on the puck in this instance. And he isn't. And I'm sure he wishes that he was, but it ultimately ends up Mason's shot. He blocks the shot. The puck then goes over to Shifley. Shifley bobbles it. Zuccarello is able to steal it from Shifley, and he sets up Mason Shaw, uh, who blocks the shot and then gets the goal into the empty net to give the Wild the 4-2 victory. Dave, again, just uh, you don't need to break down an empty net goal for obvious reasons, but just yeah. emblematic about how the Jets' best players, when the Jets needed them to step up, weren't able to do it. Uh, tonight again in this case it was Mark Shifley uh, you know, being exposed at the end of the game when it was Blake Wheeler being exposed on Monday against the San Jose Sharks. Well big uh, shout out to Mean Gene and to Phyllis for smashing the like button hopefully everyone else follows their lead smashes that like button and hits the subscribe button helps get IC to 5,000. Is uh, Jimmy Mel for the South Heart in the chat too Dave? I don't know maybe Bobby the Brain Heenan we'll see if the wrestling uh, crew is all here but look, I mean, it, it, it's it's a tough situation because the Jets, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Jets have not been good. I don't know how many times the Jets have been pressing for a late game-tying goal, but it's just the urgency that they play. And I thought that there was a little bit better movement. I didn't think Minnesota doesn't play as aggressive a PK, and maybe that was a, func- a function of their... Um, I loved. Leg. I loved. I know I wasn't here on Monday, but I loved San Jose's penalty kill. Oh, that's that is the most aggressive PK. Like it is. Yeah. They didn't allow the Jets to set up because they knew there was the no Jets standing around on that PK. No, yeah. no, absolutely. So I mean, you you've got to give them the. But the Jets just don't have that urgency to their game, and they just I, again, like I said, like you call the timeout, and I, I just don't know what's you know what you're going to do in, the, in this situation because none of the guys have it right now. Kyle Connor doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Mark Shifley doesn't have it. Nikolai Ehlers doesn't have it. So if you're if if those three guys, sorry, those yeah. are your three best guys, those are your three best goal scorers on this team. Yeah. If those three guys don't have it, then then I, I, the problem is the Jets aren't scoring greasy goals, right? Like Nino Niederreiter's goal was a greasy goal, right? In front of the net, puck hits him, he drops it, and and boom, it's in the back of the net. But the problem is, like, and, and the other thing, and is, I thought like, Lowry, Barron, and Appleton were good tonight, like, especially earlier in the game, like the first period, like cycling, like yeah. there was a shift, thirty seconds, forty-five seconds, like again, didn't realize they didn't score tonight, but like, especially like you know we're going ahead here, but like against the Panthers, against the Lightning, against the Hurricanes, like if you're not getting it from your top two lines, Dave, right, and you, it's possible without. Dubois up the middle, right? Like you can't. How much? How many goals are you expecting Nemesnikov to score, right? Like, yeah, hopefully exactly. he, he scores a little bit. But I mean, it's it's Shifley, it's Connor, and it's Healers, right? And so the, I think Lowry, Baron, Appleton, like that's going to be a line that Rick Bonus is going to depend on heavily, uh, not just defensively but, but offensively. But yeah, this this these next game against all playoff teams, or I guess I don't know if the Panthers are in a playoff spot right now, but regardless, three really good teams, three of the best teams in the East and a team that still could make the playoffs. Um, this season right here, right? Like if you lose three or four games here, I'm not saying you're going to miss the playoffs, but uh, you're definitely not going to be finishing, you know, 
top two in the, you, in the division. Look, they can't lose three out of four games for the next 17 games because then I'll tell you for sure they won't be in the playoffs. I mean, you know, that, that that's where the, they need to go. They need to find a way to string together some wins. And we'll it's going to be this. hard to win more than two against these teams. Drew. Well, you know, you have to find a way. I mean, you have to find a way. And we'll talk more about the upcoming schedule on, on Saturday morning's Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m. back here on our YouTube channel. So you can schedule that accordingly. I mean, you got these next four are tough. But then the rest of March is not difficult. The rest of March is where you have to make hay. The rest of March, you got a non-playoff Predators team, a non-playoff Blues team, a non-playoff Coyotes team, a non-playoff Ducks team, you know, a, a Kings team that, yeah, sure, they're in the playoffs, but you expect that you're as good, if not better than them. And then two non-playoff teams in the Sharks and the, and the Red Wings. So after this next four, you know, then you got seven in a row that are basically against uh, teams that you are equal to, if not better than, at least currently in the standings. So, you know, find a way. You got to start. This is where you're going to make the hay. It's going to be right now, from now th through the end of the month. That's when you're going to. Drew, starting against Paul Maurice. Well, you know what? Maybe they'll find some motivation in that. Maybe that'll be the loose style of Paul Maurice because we know that his teams generally don't play great defense. Maybe that'll be the panacea that the Winnipeg Jets are looking for because it certainly wasn't tonight, despite putting 48 shots on Marc-Andre Fleury, despite winning the uh, on the scoreboard and all the scoreboards that, that, that don't count, the one that does count the, saw Minnesota 4, Winnipeg 2. That has been the Betway Game Recap, brought to you, of course, by Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. When we come back on the Illegal Curve post-game show, we'll do some contest giveaways. We'll read some of the comments from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room and whatever other shenanigans we come up with. I suspect Manuk has also got a Manuk Moose Minute for us, salivating like the dog that he is drew mandel dave manuk ezra ginsburg with you on this wednesday night it's the illegal curve post game show don't go anywhere much more to come jerry seinfeld chris rock john stewart dennis miller brad garrett the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers they've all made their mark at rumors comedy club north america's longest running independent comedy club rumors has kept winnipeg laughing for over 25 years when was the last time you laughed out loud make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party even a fundraising event at rumors get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at rumorscomedyclub.com he winds up Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. 
Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40, you're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Ten minutes after the top of the hour, welcome back to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. After tonight, a couple nights off for us so you can enjoy some quality time with your family because it gets real busy come Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m. Saturday night after the Jets and the Panthers, right around 8.45 p.m. And then again, Sunday night, right around 8.45 p.m., the Jets and the Lightning. So a very busy weekend in store for you, chock full of quality time with your friends at Illegal Curve. Maybe Dave M. and I will head to Boynton Beach, Florida, like we were during the 2015 draft. Well, it seems like that might be something you'd want to discuss with your families, uh, considering it's you know two days from now. But you know, you do you there, Mr. Ginsburg. Oh, we were we were doing it up at Del Boca Vista Phase Three. Let me tell you, we were cruising around in Gary Gary M's Beamer. We went to a Miami Marlins game with Weber, aka Kenny. It's a great little trip. Dave, as he, pu- as, he as, as he publicly urinated on the beach, it was fantastic. <laughs> That's not true. That was about 10, 10 years earlier. Uh, mm. Drew, knows, Drew knows that story, the uh, St. Paul Fountain story. No, no, I'm pretty sure it did happen. In fact, I've got a picture of it on my phone. Dave's, <laughs> phone, 
Dave's phone is the most reckless piece. Dave is reckless. Oh, yeah, Dave has, Dave has everything. Everything. If you ever yeah. want to blackmail somebody, just call Dave because he's got apparently an entire digitized library of blackmail uh, photos and other things. But uh, Dave Mem is clearly reckless. He looks innocent there with his head on fire, but he really is not innocent at Excellent. all. Dave is like Bob Woodward. <laughs> If only if Bob Woodward was evil, I suppose in that case, yeah. I'm evil, Bob Woodward. No, we, we are. I didn't. He, Dave's not evil. He just he has the he has the enough information on that phone to possibly ruin a few people's lives. But yes, Dave keeps everything in that phone. Uh, Jets head coach Rick. Bonus. I'm definitely getting mugged for my phone later. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Tico Napoli's Tico Napoli's going to take me out of the whistle pig. Just so that's smash. why you have the that's why you have the iCloud. I, Dave M doesn't use the iCloud. Right, there's no way Dave M is a cloud guy. Dave, Dave's yeah. got backup CDs, hard drives. CDs, DVDs, yeah, he's, floppy he's, disks. He's got physical backup hard drives. I'm sure of it. He doesn't. He doesn't believe in the cloud. Uh, Rick Bonus quote: "One of the best games we played all year. Dominated them." Rick Bonus thinks that the Jets are going to be just fine if they continue playing the way they did against the Minnesota Wild. That that tweet, courtesy of our buddy Sean Reynolds. That's Look, not, I that's think not that, that la- the last part of that, by the way, Drew, is not untrue. If they keep playing like this, they're, right. they're they are going to have the results. But to say that that was one of the best games they've played all year, I don't I don't know what game. Oh. I, I mean, what else is he going to say? But I don't I wouldn't say it was, it was one of their best games of the year. Well, it's they, one of the best. Games. How, how is it one of your best games of the year when you lose? Well, I mean, because they lose. I mean, he's uh, saying the know, process, saying the process saying is process. good enough. You know. yeah, yeah, the process. Uh, okay. You know, exactly. You know, because uh, that's what you, the, that's what you need a game 65 is to be able to hang your hat on some hollow victory. Well, that's what you're process. doing. You're, you're looking for hollow victories. Here's the full quote, courtesy of Murat, who just tweeted. He must have known I was waiting for the full quote. So thank there you, Murat. Uh, as, a result, you. as a result, I'm going to acknowledge you in public next time I see you. Uh, quote, it's one of the best games we've played all year. We dominated the game. 82 shot attempts. I don't know if we've done that this year. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was outstanding. A lot of loose pucks we couldn't get our sticks to continuing on if we play like that we'll take it some night some nights you just don't get any puck luck and right now we're not getting any puck luck but i'll take that effort and the way we played against anybody so that is the full quote courtesy of uh of uh rick bonus from the twitter feed of marat atesh of the athletic look he's right if the jets played 82 games that looked like that they would be a very good hockey team. The problem is they don't play 82 games that look like that. Are they going to, how many of the next 17 games are they going to play that look like that? Cause it hasn't been like that for a lot of January, a lot of February and a lot of March play like that over the next 17 and you'll be a playoff team. Yeah. Backslide or play like you've been playing largely since January it's you're really beginning to play with fire and i'm not talking about the one that's above dave's head and you you just mentioned it right like the game on friday night in edmonton awful then the game against saturday right like that was one of the most entertaining games of the year even though i barely watched any of it and and didn't do the post-game show with you guys so i regret that but i was having good times out at the cottage but i mean they, they you're right i mean they have like this next stretch um including the game at home against boston is really tough and then yeah it gets easier you've got some teams that are you know, the Nashvilles, and I think, don't they have the Ducks in there? Or they Nashville, have Arizona, or somebody. Anaheim. Yeah. yeah, they got some bad teams. It gets easier, but, I mean, yeah. so it's just really, it's 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 really difficult to understand because the way they played and the shot attempts, 80-plus, and all the shots, everything like that, it's, it's hard to understand 
you know, how they would lose this game aside from the fact that Fleury was just, you know, it was sorcery really. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and just two other things. And we've talked about it a little bit. One for sure, the power play and, and the, the lack of ability to get anything generated as a result of having the man advantage advantage in big old quotes. And the other thing also that Jets need to improve. I know that they, well, I don't know what the final number was drew that you said shots directed at the net water, but they got to start hitting the net. I mean, there's too many instances now of guys, um, you know, missing the net. And and the other thing I would say, shoot, not, not getting shots on, on three on ones. I mean, there was there. Kyle Connor had that one. I think did Nikolai Ehlers have one as well. The I mean, Connor so- one was, was in the first period and it was Jacob Middleton that, that broke yeah. it up and they didn't yeah. even yeah get a shot. They off. Didn't so get you're a right. shot That's inexcusable at that point. Yeah. And I'm just saying, so like the hitting the net, I mean, there's so many, like, I understand that when a guy intentionally misses the net to get a, a good bounce off the backboard and hoping the, the, the that it's going to maybe cause a little chaos and end up in the goalie's feet, you're going to be able to get a greasy goal. I, you know, Josh Morrissey does that quite a bit where he tries to intentionally shoot wide. But I mean, there were just too many instances where it just, it went, worked against them today. And and that's one of the things that Jets have to do better. I mean, honestly, they need to do some accuracy shooting. Maybe that's what they need, but they need something because they're just missing the net just too much in these games. Another quote from Rick Bonus of this about Connor Hellebuck and his recent struggles. Quote, he'll figure it out. He's a great goaltender. He's a tremendous competitor. You don't normally see that puck go in the net. Right now, that's what's happening. We're giving up a goal like that, and we're losing by one goal. Uh, you know That speaks to the fragility of the team and everything else, and they feel as though uh, when anything bad can happen, it's going to happen, and they're right now not in the mindset where they're able to overcome that. They're and none of us would be surprised if Hellebuck you know, shuts out the Panthers on Saturday night or only allows like one goal, because throughout his career, he's done that. He rebounds after a bad game. But again, it's a bad goal is a bad goal, and that, and that really was that goal was the difference in the game. It really was. In this case, it was. It certainly was a goal that you can't let in at that time. He did. The Jets weren't able to overcome it, and as a result, they do lose a four-two. Uh, here's more from Rick Bonus about the power play. Uh, uh, quote: They've got just got to get one. Yeah, they had a couple of shots, but not enough. Six minutes of that. We need to generate more offense. Uh, you know, is it about moving their feet or moving the puck? Both. You have to move the feet and you have to move the puck. They jam up around the front of the net. Sometimes when it comes to the point, you don't see anything because they're all right there. The puck just has to move quicker. We have to be ready to shoot it and have a net presence. We can't bobble pucks. Uh how are we still talking about the 65 games into the season? Well, because it hasn't changed and they keep going to the same five unit, five man unit as of late. You know, look, I, I just don't know what Blake Wheeler's bringing to the table there, you know, and not picking on him in particular, but it just doesn't seem to me like the, you know, I just don't understand why the power play hasn't changed. Why Nikolai... way too much skill for, like Drew, Dave said, mm-hmm. what is it, 0 for 6 the last couple of games or something? O- like that? Over 9. Or over sorry, nine, over nine. Like it's you just it's killing the momentum. It it just absolutely kills the momentum because yeah. earlier in the season you were scoring one or two power play goals almost every game, right? Yeah. Um, it seemed like at least so. I think someone yeah, needs to sing the song. Get well, better. get well soon. They want Cole Perfetti to get well. Well, Cole Perfetti isn't getting well until the playoffs, and even then, uh, who knows what kind of uh, condition? No, I'm, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm it. just saying that right now. You I know. know I, look, I, like it, it, it's just again, it's funny because you know Rick Bonus can point to this team and say that they did a lot of things that he liked, but you know, again, not scoring on the power play, um, just ineffective. Connor Hellebuck, you know, not 
playing Connor Hellebuck in yeah. and uh, all those things add up to a team that's, you know, not going to be able to get it done. And look, the Calgary Flames have been middling and they've put together two wins. But I think I saw some, I was reading an article about Jacob Marstrom today and they were essentially saying like, well, he's had a terrible a, year. No, he's had a terrible year, but he, he apparently played phenomenally last night. But the crazy yeah. thing is, I think that was the first time Calgary's won like back-to-back games since like January. Well, don't you know the Jets better not the, if the Flames get hot, the Jets are going to be in a lot of trouble. They're going to get burnt by those Flames, Drew. There you go. Pardon the pun. And never mind the Nashville Predators, who have a very soft schedule ahead of them. And, and, and they have games, many three or four games in hand. They now have four games. If in the hand, Predators get into the, I realize this is like there's like a ten percent chance of this happening. But if they get into the playoffs and they traded Niederreiter, Tanner Janot, Matthias Ekholm, it would be amazing. I mean, who else am I forgetting here? Didn't they trade Granlund? Yeah, yeah, to Pittsburgh. Right? Pittsburgh. So, like if they get into the playoffs with with basically their AHL roster, that would just be incredible. Six three I don't and think one. It's in happen, six three and one in their last ten. They are and they. Tico Napoli saying that we can go to the, we can go to the Whistle Pig, but it, as everybody knows, the Whistle Pig and Transcona closed. What is opening up though? Salties, Winnipeg Beach. I saw the buildings. Uh, had someone send me a picture. So I think there's we'll a Leopolds too. In we'll, uh, we, we'll be meeting at Salties for for there some is. food there folks uh there we go let's let's do some contests uh we're well over the hour mark here of the podcast uh ezzy tough duck hardest hitting comment who are you giving it to tonight we are going to give it to and i hope i pronounce andrea's last name uh properly kohuk or kohach fans are getting sick of either the either the jets are playing not too bad but goaltending is questionable when goaltending is good the rest of the jets stink can't seem to get both together and the reason why I like that comment is because, you know, it's like maybe a little oversimplifying it, but, you know, you just didn't expect, you know, in that moment, Hellebuck or in any moment for Hellebuck to give up that type of weak goal, right? Like, you know, uh, Harvey Manuk, our, our good uh, Toronto friend, uh, you know, was 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 uh, tweeting at us saying, like, was that Andre Pavlik in net for that one goal, right? Like, just you don't see Hellebuck let in a lot of weak goals like that. So, you know, it's just been... If it's, you know, the lack of goal scoring, if it's not the lack of goal scoring, it's, you know, the Jets let in some soft goals and are turning the puck over. So Andrea, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com or slide into my DMs on Twitter at ICSEG and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. And I was just falling behind a little bit. So there were a few people, you know, Doug Thorosky, we missed him. Sometimes, you know, just through the, you know, the, the email world that we live in, so I missed a couple. So we're catching up. So three winners that didn't get their Tough Duck Dukes are going to get them this week. There you go. Congratulations to Andrea, the winner of tonight's Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. We do it after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, courtesy of our friends at Tough Duck. Time for the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. This is where we give away authentic Winnipeg Jets gear. Uh, the way to enter the contest, go to the drop-down arrow on the show description on the YouTube channel. You'll see the contest link. Click, click that contest link. The more activities that you do, the more entries you get, for your chance to win the merchandise. If you can't find it on the YouTube channel, go to our website, illegalcurve.com. You'll find the link there and you can accomplish everything that you need to do. One of those things you need to do is to enter in the unique code for the Illegal Curve contest. You put in this code and you got 10 bonus entries. Dave, what is the unique code for tonight? Well, it's friendly Manitoba versus Minnesota. Nice. Now, of course, I had to condense it a little bit for those of us, those of you listening on the podcast. It's friendly MB vs MN. Nice. There so you go. Friendly That's- Manitoba versus Minnesota. Nice. So friendly MB vs 
MN nice. That is the unique code. Just roll nice off the and, a nice, yeah, a nice concise code yeah. word tonight. Yeah, yeah, really nice and concise, Dave. I'm uh, making it nice and easy for everybody to enter in the unique code for the illegal curve contest. So be sure to do that. You can win great Winnipeg Jets merchandise like tonight's winner, Dave. M, why don't you announce his name? Sorry, I'm watching the uh, Leon Gavanke goal. So uh, give me one sec. But yeah, it's a it was Craig Penner. Craig often comments on our Facebook. Uh, but I think Craig's now uh, following us on YouTube as well. But congrats to Craig on the big win. There you go. Craig Penner, the winner of tonight's Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. Congratulations to Craig. Dave will be in touch to hook you up with all the great Jets gear that you have won simply by participating in the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. I'm getting tired, but before we can wrap up tonight's post-game show, you know what we have to do. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. That would be your cue, Dave. To unmute yourself. Talk about the moose. Unmanuke yourself. I was sorry, boys. I was trying, but, you know, I mean, again, like I said, the moose just tied the game in Abbotsford. They're back in action after playing, kicking off a seven-game They playing again trip. tonight? They are. They're playing right now. Well, I, didn't even know, I didn't even know they were playing. Exactly. Yes. The moose are playing. It's uh, been a, a, a it was a uh, fight-filled affair last. So just do play-by-play play for the rest of the game, Dave, and we'll yeah. just listen. Okay. And Leon, well, it was a five-on-three, but I believe Leon Gavanke just scored. Moose, I'll give a quick one, of course, because it's already been a long show, but the Moose found themselves down, and I talked about it a little bit uh, to start this one, but they gave up two goals on the first three shots. Sounds familiar. Arvid Holm didn't have the best start to his game. It was going to be like, oh, boy, here they go again. They sometimes have tough luck in Abbotsford. Canucks had already beaten them three games out of the four in the season series, but sure enough, late in the second, in the first period, sorry, Jeff Malott, he got his 18th. From Jansen Harkins and Leon Gavanke. And then Daniel Torgas in the 2020 second rounder for the Jets. He shot a beauty, actually. I've got it on our uh, illegalcurve.com website in the game recap. You can go check that out. He tied the game late, about uh, 25 seconds after Malott's goal. So it was 2-2 going into the second. The Moose dominated the second period. And Alex Limoges, the leading scorer, he got uh, his 14th of the season with 15 seconds to go. In the second period, so the Moose had a 3-2 lead going into the final frame. Kyle Rao, who was a longtime member of the Iowa Wild, I believe, he scored to tie the game. But then Jeff Mullock got his second of the game about a minute and a half after that to give the Moose a 4-3 lead, which is how they would end that contest. And the Moose would uh, kick off seven games on the road with a big 4-3 win, which is huge because they continue to push in the central trying to catch uh, Texas and Milwaukee, who are sitting ahead of them in the standings, but the Moose are not going anywhere. They're 9-1-1-0 right now on the current uh, streak they are on, and uh, they were without Christian Reichel, who's day-to-day. I don't know if he's playing in the lineup. I haven't checked today. And yeah, they get lots of timely goals for the Manitoba Moose, unlike the Jets. And uh, congratulations to Dominic Tonnado and his wife, because they had a baby. I usually don't pay Saw attention to that, that yep. kind of stuff. But someone had tweeted, someone it somehow entered my social media conscious. Yeah. And so it's time uh, for the Manuk pregnancy minutes. Yeah, exactly. So congratulations to them. But uh he wasn't in the game uh, last night either. So is Drew gonna I'm, share his birth story here? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. Anyways, and uh who else? Simon Landmark and Jimmy Olney were back in, and Tyrell Bauer, Dean Stewart were out. And again, like I said, the moose improved 31, 17, 3 and 3. They're back in action tonight against. 
Uh, Abbotsford, and like I said, last I checked, it was one all. And um, after is. tonight, they travel tomorrow to Iowa, and then they'll play, I believe they play Saturday and Sunday in Iowa against the Wild. So a little divisional action for the Moose uh, as they push to catch the teams. And they, they've got games in hand. So the Moose are rolling right now. And uh, the Jets, the NHL, the AHL team of Winnipeg, giving fans lots of cheer about the prospects are doing well, but the uh, NHL team, not so much. Well, there you go. Dave M will keep you abreast of That's my shortest minute, 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 minute of all time for the record. We appreciate it. You'll keep uh, everyone abreast of what's going on in tonight. Triple M. That's what Colby was Uh, calling it. We just got to go with triple M. There you go. (laughs) Just rolls off the tongue better. You can follow Dave on Twitter at IC Dave for uh, the, the Moose coverage of tonight's game. And of course, the Moose game recap and the Jets recap will all be available on our website, illegalcurve.com. Reminder Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show back here on our YouTube channel. Saturday night, the post game show right around 8 45 or so. And then Sunday again, 8 45 p.m. Jets busy Friday, Saturday in South Florida against the Panthers and then Tampa Bay against the Lightning. Want to oh, they almost it? scored there. Well, there you go. Well, Want to chance. say a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, uh, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Coffee. Dave, your phone shut off. Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway. I'm pretty sure whatever you're doing, Dave, is probably some sort of YouTube copyright. Actually, the Moose just scored. They actually just scored. Is that That's the goal? Amazing. Is that the two? Is that the one-one goal or the two-one goal? Is that live? It was. It was the one-one goal. And for the record, one-one there's goal. no sound. Oh, that's, that's like that's like you already knew the winning lottery numbers and you pretended like you won the lottery. That's not fair. That's but true. the point is, there's that no copy. Any there's... episode of Fresh Prince? Exactly. Yeah. With when Jeffrey, they, they tra- Jeffrey Butler. Jeffrey into thinking he won the lottery. That was a good episode. Uh, a big thank you to our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, uh, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group, Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Good Park, and the Keg. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curb hockey. What was Carlton's real name? Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro. Correct. Thank you. Don't try and uh, Fresh Prince. <laughs> I would watch Fresh Prince after school every. I mean, we're the same age, Drew. So w- it was Fresh Prince after school every day. Can we get that? Uh, can we get that clip cut so that I can play that at future times next time Ginsburg <laughs> says that I'm 75 years old or something? He just said we're the same age, so I want I want that clip cut and, uh, and turned into a hot. <laughs> the best. I'll repeat press. this just before we 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 uh, end the show here. Yes. The best was back in the TSN 1290 days, like early in the TSN 1290 days when someone called in and we had Remus running the R desk and someone actually like was confused they're like how old is Drew actually like is he like is he 65 and like Remus is like no he's the same he's like a year older than Ez and like a couple of years older than Richie I'll never forget that so it's it's appropriate on the two-year anniversary of sports talk Winnipeg right pardon me Winnipeg sports talk that was that was a uh, that was a funny one nonetheless. Uh, big thank you to all of you for joining us. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave us feedback, leave us comments here on YouTube, leave us comments on our Apple's iTunes page as well. We appreciate all the feedback. We'll be back Saturday morning at nine a.m. Until then, Dave Manuka is in the top right, Ezra Ginsburg's in the bottom. West Philadelphia, middle. born and raised, baby. I'm in the top left. My name is Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us until um, Saturday at 9 a.m. We wish you a good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. 
For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.